Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And I hope you didn't hear me clearing my throat before the show started, or you might have. Okay, today's show is a Getting Love Right show, and this show is about healing by loving ourselves. And it's a really important show, and I actually think that this show, I often do say with some shows, this is the most important or very important, but what I think is happening with a lot of these shows lately is that they're really getting to the core root. They're really about the deep inner truth that we all need to look at in order to get well, to improve our lives and to start experiencing the life and the love experiences that we really do want to have. It's all got to come from within. So today's show, this show is about the first step to get aligned with healing. Ironically, this recognition and process is all about loving ourselves. Without embracing all of us, including our unhealed parts, this is impossible to do. If we do want to heal, if not today, when? If we do want to heal, then if we don't commit to ourselves, who will? So today's show is a powerful show that can show you how to, maybe for the first time ever, truly, unconditionally love and accept yourself. And how and why this is so vital in order for you to truly heal. So this show, Healing by Loving Ourselves, There are two types of healings that I consistently see in relation to anything that we're trying to recover from and specifically narcissistically abuse, narcissistic abuse, which as you know is a lot of the audience that people listen to my shows. The reasons are because they have been narcissistically abused. And within the two types of healing that I consistently see, they truly are polar opposites. One of them is non-healing, where the ability to thrive, let alone basically recover and survive, is stunted. And the other one is true healing, whereby individuals thrive and create a much more empowered self as a result of what they've been through. Now, the difference really does come down to this. With anything that's hurt in our life, We've got two choices. We either grow through the experience or we just try to go through the experience. And growing through the experience is what creates a thriver experience, which means that out the other side of this, I am much better, I am clearer, I am more empowered, I trust myself, I trust life, I'm much more powerful and capable of creating the realities I want That's what I mean by growing through the experience. So how do we grow through experiences? We grow through 
by allowing our experience to bring us back to ourselves in order to heal so that we can change our life for the better. And in regard to, I will use narcissistic abuse as the example because it is the most powerful example of being broken. But we can apply this model to anything in our life that we're trying to heal and recover from. So how do we grow? This is done by after initially discovering what narcissism is. It's about or what the abuse is or what that model is. We get our focus off the narcissist or the abuser or the model and we get our focus firmly onto ourselves so that we can heal our pain, our fear, our insecurities and our broken pieces. And this is really hard to do if we choose to stay in pain and when we stay separated from ourselves, when we're not connected to that mission of ourselves, if we're not committed to healing and changing ourselves, we do stay separated from ourselves. And if we do that, we are actually in resistance to getting better. And the truth of the matter is, we are not even at first base in regard to getting well. Acceptance is vital because as soon as we start judging ourselves in relation to how bad our life has ended up, that feeling of judging ourselves and not accepting where we're at and not accepting what's happened gets unbearable. It's a really awful emotional resonance that we're in. And then what happens is we have to deflect it outwards. We have to try and relieve that inner angst by blaming something outside of ourselves. And in the case of narcissistically, being narcissistically abused, our blame is going to be directed at the narcissist. And this, of course, renders us powerless. Because the reality is, if we're trying to fix and change anything outside of us, or we state it's wrong, and I can't be right until you are not wrong, we're not in our own power. It's exactly like me saying, my day, Mary, is terrible because of you. Now, I am powerless to change my day because I'm waiting for Mary to change. And that just doesn't work that way. Now, we can take that. My day is terrible to my life is terrible, my existence is terrible, everything because of you. Now, that's the powerless model. And in the case of being narcissistically abused, we may believe that we were sensitive, caring and empathetic and that this was totally taken advantage of by the narcissist and we're a victim to that. We may not have understood or be prepared to own the truth. That being a good person without a platform of self-love and self-value and healthy self-respecting boundaries is like building a skyscraper on sand. And that's it. Just being a nice person does not secure you a great life. Because unless you have that self-love, that self-acceptance, the ability to speak up, the ability to lay boundaries, the ability to honor yourself, you really are a target for abuse. And that's the truth. We know that after being narcissistically abused, we were blamed. 
because narcissists or people that don't want to be accountable or don't want to take responsibility shift blame and they're not accountable. So this is really about us not falling into the same trap because if we're not going to be accountable, if we're not going to work on our unhealed parts, then we are not being responsible. Healing and recovery is not about shame and blame. And what I always find is that people that are actually blaming the narcissist are also deeply blaming themselves. And they're very ashamed that they didn't get it earlier, that they didn't stand up for themselves, that they put up for so many years, that they handed over so many resources, that they didn't see the red flags. So all of this shaming and blaming is not going to serve you. It is about taking the responsibility and the opportunity to heal your unhealed parts so that you will move up and out of the pain and not go through the same patterns that you have in the past that have been painful in your life. The truth is, by my definition, everyone is codependent. And my definition of codependency is not being a true empowered source to yourself, which actually means that you've required approval, energy, love, acceptance from outside of yourself, that you haven't firmly created it, you haven't done the inner work and you haven't claimed it for yourself. And I believe that our whole education has been very, very sadly missing in inner work, inner resources, inner belief. We were all trained to be codependent. And I absolutely believe that until we learn how to become that source to ourselves, we have all been reliant on having to need outside people or stuff to define us. It's a human condition. I really always know when people are not ready to heal and embrace their unhealed parts and become that source to themselves that they are facing non-recovery. And this manifests as proclaiming that they had no part or that there was nothing about them that contributed to being into a in a narcissistic relationship. These people can often declare that they were happy, they were full and they were in their power before meeting the narcissist. Now when I was deluding myself, I used to proclaim exactly the same things. And then they go on to state that there were no warning signs, they had no gut feelings that felt off. And they will come up with every excuse why they stayed in painful abusive relationships despite horrendous behaviour, without honouring themselves or laying boundaries, as well as justifying that they were staying in the relationship for very good reasons whilst they were losing more and more boundaries and personal rights despite the awful behaviour. What I hear consistently with people who are facing non-recovery is denial and excuses. And I know that these people blame the narcissist and also carry deep shame and blame for themselves. And I understand this. When I was nowhere near recovering and being totally... And when I was still very unconscious, I did exactly the same thing. The truth of the matter is healing starts with taking responsibility. And when we take responsibility, yes, absolutely, we can understand that he or she that abused us was a messed up person 
And that person, if they are a narcissist, it's impossible to have a healthy relationship with them. It wouldn't matter how non-codependent you were. It wouldn't matter how good you were with boundary function. It wouldn't matter how aligned and conscious you were. The narcissist is not out to have a healthy, safe, loving, fulfilling relationship. They're out for narcissistic supply. So they're actually impossible to have a healthy relationship with. So we can understand that. But the truth of the matter is that if you want to make it all about him or her, the abuser, and you want to stay stuck in, I need justice and accountability in order to feel better or I need my life to improve before I can feel better, you are going to be waiting for an eternity. I often find that the people who are stuck in non-recovery are really hard on themselves, deeply ashamed, and they're hard on themselves for being so stupid, wasting my life, losing everything I put in. I gave this person my heart and my trust only to get destroyed or discarded. And the list goes on and on and on. And then can come the justifications for feeling good before the narcissist or an abuser showed up and destroying their life, such as, I was independent, I was successful, I've travelled the world, I even headed companies, etc., etc. But when I ask people, were you full and happy before your disappointing love experience? And what this question means within yourself, within your own soul. Because we all need to accept in order to get well that the system of life is energetic, it is not practical. And the truth was, many of us, before we had disappointing, painful and narcissistic love relationships, many of us were independent and even successful. And in fact, many, many people who have been narcissistically abused are very capable and independent people, yet they are not emotionally whole. It is also common for people to meet narcissists after years of being single and they say that, you know, I was okay on my own. I was living a life by myself. I'm not a codependent. But again, it comes back to the questions. Was I whole? Did I have beliefs about myself and a life that allowed me to be whole? And did I uphold them with healthy boundaries and honouring myself? Or do I even know what being whole really is? So the people that take on the shame and the blame, it's a choice and it's a long way from the knowing and the aligning and the embracing with, I accept, I have unhealed parts and this is why I experienced disappointing love relationships. And now I can accept and heal these unhealed parts. And that's the reason and the purpose why I've gone through all of this. Shame and blame only comes when we can't accept this truth about ourselves. And when we don't make our recovery all about ourselves. In order to heal, we need to accept that this is about you. This is not about him or her. And if we are not prepared to turn to the inside towards ourselves, then you are going to be looking at a life of misery and pain 
And at best, all you are ever going to be able to do is suck it up and try and get on with your life. But if you do that, what about the additional unhealed wounds now? The pain that was never healed. Maybe you never healed regarding the past pain of your childhood and or previous love partners before this last disappointing love relationship and now there is even more pain for you to just try and suck it up and get on with. Maybe you have not understood yet that whatever beliefs that you have in relation to love, which have all been created via your parents and previous love relationships, is exactly what you are going to continue to receive from life if you've never faced, embraced them and healed them. And the truth is that if you've gone into a previous love relationship, this is, if, sorry, if you've gone into a painful love relationship, this is point blank showing you that your previous beliefs that you carried going into this relationship were still painful. They weren't healed. And now as a result of your last relationship, if you choose not to change and grow, then you are staring down the barrel of even more of the same. So this is why sucking it up and getting on with it doesn't work. I did that until 40 years of age because I was strong, I was resourceful, I was independent. I just sucked it up and got on with it every single time until, thank goodness, now I don't do that model. Because the truth is that model is not growth and it is not breakthrough. There really are two vital questions to be on the path to heal. And these are these questions. The first one is, why would I keep hanging on to the resentment and the pain when it is only going to bring me more emotional pain and more of the behaviors of love partners and people that I resent? That's the first question. And that is so true. Because if you have not resolved and healed through and broken through the pain to a higher state of yourself, the pain is still in you. No matter how much you distract yourself, you just try to get on with it, you get all practical with it, it is still running. Which means you're going to keep drawing those experiences to your life. The ones that have already hurt you, you're signing up for more of the same. So the second question, and this is specifically about narcissistic abuse. Why did I attract and sustain a relationship with a narcissist? Now, we could take that word narcissist and we could put adulterer. We could put uh, men or women that are, that are not emotionally present, men or women that don't commit. We could put in anything in that. Now, this question again, why did I attract and sustain a relationship with this person? If you are not ready to honestly confront and take responsibility for either of these questions, and what that means is not making it about anyone else but yourself. And it also means not just assessing it from a head practical level, but from a true soul level, you are not in a position to start getting well. If you're not able to embrace and honestly start working with these questions, it's because you are still stuck in your ego, which is perfectly understandable. Because when we're hurt and when we're in fear, 
it's usually our ego comes to the fore and it's a defense mechanism. But we need to get very clear about this. Your ego does not serve you in relation to true healing, getting well and breaking through to the other side, meaning I don't have to and I won't be going through these patterns and this pain anymore. I've healed it. Your ego wants justice, it wants revenge, it wants accountability and your ego needs to be right and make someone else wrong. And even if you've got justice, your ego would get a feed momentarily and then you would still be feeling terrible after it wore off. And the truth is, in relation to abusers or people that have hurt you, you will never get justice if you're trying to force justice and accountability from a space of pain. That never works. Nothing we achieve through our ego holds, feels durable, durably good or is sustainable ever. So the truth is that we can let our ego kick, scream and condemn for as long as we like but the result will be the same. We'll keep hitting brick walls and we'll keep experiencing pain until we finally accept true healing is all about dissolving our ego, realizing it's the enemy and that blame and shame are all products of our ego that take us away from liberation and not towards it. So why do we need self-accountability? We need it in order to become conscious and to grow. Without it, we believe it's everybody else's fault and problem and we don't change ourselves. And if we don't change, we don't grow and we don't have different experiences. So self-accountability is nowhere near about accepting blame. It has nothing to do with that. It is about making the decision to heal and grow and become better as a result of the pain. There is an enormous difference between the disempowering poor me statements of it's all my fault or I'm not going to accept fault because it was his or her fault or the empowering statement I realize and embrace that there are parts of me that contributed to being susceptible and powerless to abuse. And I promise you, I am not talking about the statement that I commonly observe non-recoverers make, which is they believe their reason was I was taken advantage of for how giving and loving and caring I am. Truly, this is one of the most disempowering statements of denial that you can avoid yourself with. So, step one of being aligned with true recovery. I'm going to explain it. Even before you can begin recovery, you need to be aligned with true recovery. And this is realizing that pain, blame and shame are not serving you. This is about confronting yourself lovingly and honestly about your own unhealed parts. So recently, a couple of days ago, in the uh, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Facebook group, I led the way with this in a post, in a thread. And what I did is I started with my own basic inventory about the reasons why I got hooked up into narcissistic abuse. And these reasons were I was not whole or happy within myself. 
I always needed some accomplishment or someone loving me to feel okay about myself. I was unresolved over previous relationships and not had not accepted my unhealed parts in these relationships. I had never learnt how to love and accept myself unconditionally just for being me. I believed I was only lovable for what I could produce. I was never able to just be without being obsessive compulsive and thinking about what I should be doing. I found it very hard to treat myself nicely, nurture or value myself. I was my own worst critic. Rather than knowing how to speak to myself lovingly and supportively, I could not accept compliments easily or believe I deserved them. I could not let other people into my life without fearing they had agendas or would control me. I was suspicious of other people. I didn't know if I could trust myself to honour me and lay boundaries and walk away rather than relying on someone else to love me. Now these were only some of my deep inner inventory when I embraced myself in order to heal that I was honest with myself about. Now the reasons those things were there within me the other people that created that within me, that's not relevant because what is relevant is this is my stuff. And because this was my stuff, that led me into a relationship with an abuser. And my list goes on and on. And the truth was I could write 10 pages about my unhealed parts that were within me before I was narcissistically abused. The whole truth of all of these unhealed parts is I was not real with myself. I was not my own source of unconditional love and support. And I gravitated into a relationship with another false person, a person that wasn't real because I wasn't real with me. And I have no shame in admitting these things. And in fact, I have incredible relief in doing so. Now today, right here, right now, I am still not perfect. And the great thing is, I don't need to be. But what I do need to be and what I am now is that my life now is all about taking self-responsibility instead of blaming life and other people for what I choose and create. And now I can and do and have now for many years heal these aspects of myself instead of careering into more pain and blame and shame with no way out. And that's the difference. And this is the powerful difference you need to get to in order to get truly well. Now, an incredible thing happened in the NARC group after this, when this was taking place, as another member deeply felt into herself and came back within two hours with a list of 55 points as to what she recognized about herself and what had led her into a very painful narcissistic marriage. Now these points were magical. They described so many of the reasons why we get narcissistically abused. I related to so many of these points. And what was truly consistent was that many people in the group who are having big and powerful healing breakthroughs, which consistently is the people are the people that are doing the narcissistic abuse recovery program also recognized and embraced and admitted to that these were their unhealed parts as well and they posted as such what I also observed is that the people in the group 
who are continually struggling with the pain, that are still stuck in the pain and the blame and the shame and are making no or very little healing progress, did not respond to this list. These people went very, very quiet. There is no coincidence in this. I want to share these 55 points with you because they are incredible. Now, they're actually going to be going up on the next blog article and I would really, really challenge everybody that has been narcissistically abused. This list is absolutely giving you the ability to embrace, face and accept yourself, which is vital if you want to heal. So these 55 points were, the more I do for people, the more people will love, like and accept me. If I do what people want, they will love me. People won't love me for being me. If I don't agree with people and what they say, they will not like me. My happiness depends on what other people are or are not doing. I'm obsessed about other people's behavior and I let it control and dictate my life and how I feel. I need them to recognize their behavior, admit it in order for me to feel okay. If I am right and they are wrong, I need to know people get this in order for me to feel okay and move on. I sometimes let people take control because that means I don't have to make decisions in fear of failure and that makes me feel safe. People have hidden agendas and if they say something that's nice, it's because they want something from me. If people do something for me, they want something in return. I find it hard to treat and nurture myself because I do not deserve it and people will view me as being selfish and leave me. The less I ask for, the more I will get. If I voice my needs, people will leave me and that is not okay. Just being me is not enough. I must be more in accordance to what everybody else deems enough. I do not lay clear boundaries and allow people to walk all over me and convince me my boundaries were wrong, needy, over the top and unacceptable. I'm easily swayed by what other people feel is acceptable or not and do not honor my own feelings and beliefs and speak my truth. I must achieve to other people's standards in order to be accepted and be deemed acceptable. I alone am not enough. I must achieve stuff in order to succeed and feel whole, confident, confident, at peace and okay and to be accepted. I did not and do not love myself unconditionally. I did not back myself and needed other people to have my back in order to feel okay and safe. I do did not trust myself and my gut, gut instincts. I was too scared to leave in fear of failure and stayed to prove my worthiness and needed others to love me, recognize this and, in, and acknowledge this in order for me to feel this. I am enough so I must prove this to people at all costs even if it means going against what and who I really am and as a result I lost myself. I felt still worthless and need people to remind me of my worthiness in order to feel it myself. If I don't have control, I will lose control. I was petrified of being abandoned and being replaced, so I stayed to avoid this. I stayed regardless of everything I knew was wrong in fear of someone else replacing me and being better. If I dismissed what I really felt and allowed him the freedom, he would want, he would want me more and things would be okay. I constantly forgave people for unforgivable behavior and allowed myself to be abused over and over again. I did not have enough self-respect for myself and I needed this from the outside to feel respected. 
I need to feel needed in order to feel worthy and okay. I get jealous, territorial, competitive, unsure of myself in regards to some of the other some of the relationships other people have with other people. I fear in fear of them liking them better and abandoning me. This would mean I am not enough. I do not have self-confidence unless I feel amazing, look amazing and everything is going well in my life. I easily lose self-confidence and become very jealous of other people and all what they have instead of knowing, loving and being content in who I am and what I have. People's opinions of me rule and dictate my life and how I feel. I wasted a lot of time trying to please everyone else in an effort to feel pleased within and about myself. I forfeited my dreams and goals thinking that somebody else could provide them for me and they would do better. I have never really known what I want to be in my life and have relied hope that somebody else could fill this hole for me. I am scared of failure and not being good enough and have made excuses and waited for the outside world to fix this for me because I'm scared of failure and making the wrong mistake again. I need other people to agree with me for me to agree with me, trust myself unconditionally and feel okay. I constantly overanalyze thoughts and situations and make excuses for others' behavior and second-guess myself. I am far too hard on myself and am my own worst critic. I allowed someone to control me, my thoughts, my values and beliefs and as a result I lost myself. I don't think I've ever been authentic. I must be the person people want me to be in order to be loved and accepted. I was obsessive about being accepted as an equal by both the outside world and my ex-narc in order to feel accepted, equal and good enough for him. I've relied on other people's point of view in order to trust my own. I must prove myself and self-worth to feel self-worth. I need to prove myself and am, and am obsessive compulsive about it. I allowed myself to be treated continuously in ways that were unacceptable because I did not lay firm enough boundaries, follow through and have the guts to walk away and feel whole on my own. The kinder I am, the kinder people will be to me because I do so much and was so much, I would never be replaced and abandoned. Being replaced and abandoned and somebody else being better, prettier, more intelligent, more this, more that petrifies me and has always been a huge issue in my life and I fight it at all costs. I don't love myself, I'm not enough and I need someone to remind me of this, accomplish stuff, have stuff, do stuff in order to feel good about myself and be accepted by other people. I was not enough for my husband and somebody else was. So you can see that this is a really, really powerful, powerful list. And the thing is with this list, the lady that actually wrote the list had been struggling a lot in the blame and the shame and I was just a good person and he took advantage of me. Now what I consistently see is in that model, healing does not take place. Nothing changes. We don't come home to ourselves and we don't accept ourselves and we don't face ourselves and we don't heal ourselves. Now those 55 points are incredible. I would relate to at least 50 of those of who I was before I got into my narcissistic relationship. And it is through accepting and embracing that. It's not about blaming ourselves. It's not about hating ourselves. It's not about shaming ourselves. It's about accepting ourselves. 
Okay. Now, what happened from that point on, on the same day, when that amazing, amazing list came out, another uh, NARC group member put up on a post and she'd asked the question, what is loving myself? Because I have no frame of reference to do this. So my response to her was this. Self-love is we acknowledge our inner dysfunctions and what has not been working for us. The 55 points are a magnificent list that can allow us to embrace and realize so much. Then we look at this wounded, hurt part of ourselves as our inner child and we say to this part of ourselves, you precious, darling, lovable soul, I adore you with all of my heart and because I love you so much, I'm going to do everything in my power to help you, heal you, support you and help you get better. That is what loving ourselves is. It's a dedication. It's a devotion. It's a commitment. And then when we do that, we are already immediately, we are being self-love. And we get to create more and more and more of it in our life. And then we get to attract the real deal from life as an inevitable match of who we are being to ourselves. Our inner child has been screaming out in pain for help, devotion and love and was unfortunately trying to get that from outside of us because we didn't go to our inner child ourselves. And he or she could never get this from the outside. It had to come from us to ourselves. And this is why until now he or she has not been getting better. And this is why it is always about healing ourselves with unconditional love and focus. Because there is nothing else to change or fix. So this member, after reading my reply, she posted about how amazing it was, how simple the concept of loving herself was, was to acknowledge and deeply feel into her unhealed parts and then to accept and love herself unconditionally and to say to herself, I love you so much. I am going to absolutely dedicate myself to healing you and helping you with this. That's what unconditional love, acceptance and support is. So when she said how amazed she was, how simple it was, my response was, it is incredible how the truth is always so simple. It's our egos, our mind and the human condition that has caused us to complicate everything to the extreme. So this is great news that you now understand and commit to the simple formula now because by doing so, now you're on your way home. Absolutely now, all you need to do to do this is do the being of loving yourself. So... That's what my show is about today. It really is. No, because there are absolute steps to healing. There are absolute steps to healing. But even before we start getting on those steps to healing, we need to ask ourselves those two questions. And I want to reiterate it for you. And the first question is, why would I want to hang on to the pain and the blame and the shame and just manufacture more things to hurt 
and to blame and feel shameful about in my future? Why would I do that? That's the first question. The second question is, what are the unhealed parts in me that led me into this painful experience? So those two questions are imperative. And if you don't want to face those questions, you are detached from healing. You're not even at the first base in your healing process. Once you face those two questions, and once you're prepared to come up with your inventory and be very, very honest with yourself about your unhealed parts, and you want to make it your greatest mission to heal, love, and support yourself to heal those unhealed parts, until you do that, you are not going to get better. And it's the people that I see all the time that they are right all over those two questions and they take full accountability and responsibility and fully love, accept and support themselves. They are the people that I see change their lives 180 degrees without exception. And it often happens incredibly quickly. So I hope that's helped. And uh, this article is going to be coming out with all of those 55 points as well as my points. And it really is time. If you want to get well, we'll go back to that question. If you want to heal, if not today, when? Okay? If you do want to heal, then if you don't commit to yourself, who will? And I want to leave you with those thoughts. So that's it for me and I'll be back next week. And lots of love, everybody. Okay, bye-bye.